birthday, Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. It is going to be quite a show today. I, the one and only Taylor Schroll, have been alone in this studio for two hours because producer Sam left me. Not for good. She just hung me out to dry for this week. So uh, (laughs) she never listens to the show while she's in the studio, literally while it's being recorded. So I doubt she'll listen to it now so I can say whatever I want. I think that's the case. uh, We have a great show planned for you today. What am I saying? We. I'm all alone. I'm so used to saying we have a great show planned for you. And it frankly gives her more credit than I think she's due. (laughs) I have a great show planned for you today. Without Sam. But here's, I want to give you a little uh, behind the scenes into what it takes to record this show. It's not complicated. I mean, Sam can do it. But it's really hard for two people, to for two one, one person to do a two-person job. So just a little glimpse into the studio. I have a computer to my left, which is a laptop, that is running the countdown for each segment. It tells me how much time I've gone, how much time until there's a reprieve from you listening to me and you get to listen to the good stuff of the, you know, the PSAs, the commercials in between segments. Um, I have a computer in front of me, which for some odd reasons has two screens, one on top of each other. I've never understood why, but there are two screens on that I'm actually recording on that I'll do the editing on later. I have an iPad in front of me, which does all of our sound effects, um, like like uh, like this here, which is how this is how I feel when Sam's gone. Okay. Um, also, when Sam's gone, I have to use this more often. Okay. So that's what that's what does our sound effects, and I have a mixer in front of me that tells. Not tell. It tells the computer how loud I want to be in your ears. So it's turned all the way up to eleven. I have my MacBook in front of me, which I use for all of my notes for the show. They would say about you know about four words because that's about how much I prepare for the show. And uh, then I have this microphone and this little mute button that uh, if I ever need to cough, which is every seventeen seconds, I can push this button and you won't hear me cough. I literally just cleared my throat while I'm muted, but you didn't hear it because I use, uh, there's someone here. Okay. I'll, 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 I was all alone, right? I got here to, I got to the studio at five o'clock. No, I got here at four 30. It's even worse. I got here at four 30. I did an interview with, with, with today's guest who is Matt Nelson. He's an awesome guy. He has a great new book out about religious indifference how people used to just be offended by religious arguments. Now no one cares. <laughs> so it's like, how do we address this new issue? I interviewed him. Let's say it was around 5 o'clock. We talked for about 20, 20 25 minutes or so. And then <clears throat> we parted ways. And I've just been sitting in the studio. That was about five fifteen. It is now... And I'm now finally recording a show because I feel lost without producer Sam. I've been sitting here. I'm like, this is boring just talking into a microphone in a room by myself. I'm getting no visual feedback. Like I know if Sam's completely checked out, it's like, let's move on to a different topic or let's say something to spice this up or just test the waters to see if she's listening. I'll say something ridiculous. And she looks at me, you know, she gives me the eyes. You know, everybody has a woman in their life that gives them the eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Um, But I was very bored. 
and just kind of sat here working on other stuff, planning future shows, which I'm just avoiding doing doing the show because I didn't want to do it by myself. So then I go to the bathroom for the second time in an hour and a half because uh, there's nothing else to do other than record this show. And I run into um, our good friend, Joshua Calhoun. Joshua, why don't you hit that unmute button and say hello to the good friends? How's it going, everybody? <laughs> I feel like I'm more excited to be here than you are. I think you're excited that I'm here so you're not alone. I, I'm very excited that you're here because I definitely don't want to be alone. You're back. You were just here a few episodes ago on episode 84 where we talked about uh, marriage and dating. And now you're married. And we did it. In three weeks, you're now, <laughs> you started dating, you proposed, now you're married. How's marriage? That is not true at all. Yeah, none of that's true. <laughs> I've been like out of the country for like a week, and then I was like out of the state for the the other week. So I haven't even been around to date anybody. <laughs> to date anybody, there aren't people in other cities. <laughs> I've been dating a woman named Adventure. <laughs> she sounds hideous. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this see, this is so much better than I was. I was just sitting here by myself. I'd just be like. Yes, and today we're going to be talking about, I don't know. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. But here, here's the, I do know what we're going to talk about. This sounds like a BBC episode. A BBC, I love the BBC. Whenever they get people, um, uh, like celebrities to, have you seen the celebrity roasts? No. It would just be like me and you sitting in this room with cameras, and it's just like, we would just trade insults. So I mean, it's like actual friends doing this. So it's, right, it, right. you know, they're doing it in in, in a friendly manner. Sounds but it would like, just be like sounds like my life with you, but with cameras. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so you know, we're sitting across, and it's like your hair makes you look like Jesus, but you definitely don't act like him. Like that's the kind of stuff that. And then you know, you throw something back about me being bald and fat or something. You know, like that. That's that's what they do on on the BBC. So I, I welcome the comparison. That's really <laughs> Thank funny. you very much. No, the only BBC I've ever seen is when they're doing the news and they're like. Today in Baghdad, we had such and such happen, and it's like, what are you? Oh, saying? I see. So my boring voice sounds like the BBC. <laughs> That's, <what it> made <laughs> me think That's awesome. We definitely went different directions with that. Um, speaking of different directions, we're probably going to go different directions because I, you and you, we met in the bathroom. We hugged in the bathroom, which is a weird thing. We shouldn't be allowed to do that. Uh, I mean, we were both like done washing our hands and stuff. Like we weren't like in a in a stall. <laughs> you know, we we're out out in the common area of the bathroom we we start talking you follow me into the radio studio because i'm very tired and i just wanted to sit down and you, you stuck around and we just started talking about life and then i was like well you know what i don't want to be alone will you stay here and play a game with me and you said i said yes for some weird reason because you came on a few weeks ago and, and I, I surprised you at the end and you, you were like that wasn't planned why did you do that but somehow <laughs> for some dumb reason you still trust me today's today's not going to have that many awkward moments i don't believe i did to be fair though i planned that one hadn't planned anything for this one so anything i'm just going to go ahead and apologize now for all the things that i say that i definitely did not plan but here's what we're talking about today we are talking about the spirit that is holy the third person of the trinity the quote-unquote forgotten God. We're mm. going to get into that later. Uh, that's just They call that a radio tease. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as forgotten God. But before we do that, since you're here, and you're a musician, and you like music, and I'm a musician, and I like music. These are truths <clears throat> that you speak? I, that's, the, Catholic, the Catholic Church has the fullness, fullness of truth, and I am just its messenger. <laughs> 
<laughs> His laugh should tell you everything you need to know. So welcome to Forte Catholic, everybody. Josh just told you the greatest description of the show of all time. Just laughing. <laughs> Josh and I are going to rank our top five Holy Spirit songs. Songs having to do with the Holy Spirit, songs about the Holy Spirit, the songs that we sing once a year around the Pentecost time, you know, these sorts of things. So we uh, we had we made a list, and it was harder than you think. There's a lot more songs about the Jesus. I mean, he definitely had more things written about him in that good old book there. But the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit's there. So we are going to rank our top five Holy Spirit songs. So, Josh, for the first time in Forte Catholic history, someone else other than me is going to do a Forte 5 segment, which means I'm going to play some music. You're going to put on your greatest radio show voice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And rank them from five down to one. You can give a brief explanation about, about each one. And then I'm going to do mine. We're going to see if we have any similarities or if we're just going to uh, physically fight at the end of it because we disagree so much. Cool. Ready? Yeah. So without further ado, for the first time in Forte Catholic history, someone not named Taylor doing a Forte 5 segment. Here we go. One, two, three, go! Hey, everybody. I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying right now, but this is exciting. Cool. So I'm going to give you my top five Holy Spirit songs going from five down to one. So my number five, I would have to say, is probably Holy Spirit by Brian and Katie Torwalt. That's probably the most common one. A lot of people know that it comes on the radio often. Uh, My number four um, is actually one I found out about while I was... (laughs) Researching Holy Spirit songs for this segment. He pulls it up on his Spotify and he goes, this one sounds cool. It's like, you've never heard this song. How is it going to beat Holy Spirit, which is probably the most popular one of all of them? It's just so common. Like, it's a really good song, but I've heard it so many times that it's become I've become numb to it. So that's kind of where it's at on my list. Anyway, yeah, so number four is Come Holy Spirit by Vertical Worship, which I just heard for the first time today, but I liked it. Number three is Fill Me Up by Will Regan and United Pursuit Band. Number two is O Spirit of the Living God. I'm not sure who the original artist of that is, but I've heard an Audrey Assad version that's really good. How does that one go? O Spirit of the Living God. Oh, yeah, God. I know that one. How does yeah. the previous one go? The Fill Me Up one? Yeah. Fill me up, God, fill me up. I don't know how that one goes. How's the previous one go? I don't know. I know you don't know. <laughs> because you just figured it out. All right. You literally <laughs> just did that so you could, yeah. I okay, did. anyway. My my number one, I would have to say, is Spirit Breakout. Um, I'm also not sure who the original artist of that is, but I think the one I've heard is by Jesus Culture. Um, and it's a really good song. That's one of my classic ones that I go to for Holy Spirit. All right, all right. So, good job, by the way. Congratulations. You, I think, did a very good job in the first Forte Catholic thing, not by me. Thank you. The people love you, Joshua. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so here's what we're doing. I'm going to do mine now. But, by the way, Spirit Freak Out was on my honorable mentions list. Did not make the top five. Okay, okay. 
So without further ado, here's me taking back over my show. Let's go. Killing it at number five. <laughs> now I feel like it's a competition for who does this. Better. Why didn't you go first? I had no, I had nothing with what to, with which to gauge no, what did, I was supposed to do. You did a, a lot better than I anticipated you doing. <laughs> <laughs> because as we were doing, like I was like, let's do sound check for you earlier. You're like, hello, my name's Josh. I'm like, that's not how you talk. And then you fixed it and actually sounded like a human being. Cool. cool. So, uh, number five for me is Come Holy Ghost. I had to include an old school classic just so that the old school music people don't yell at me. The rest of them are all very new. That was kind of what my spirit of the living God was. Yeah, Come Holy Ghost, Creator Blast. I, I, um, my throat kind of hurts, so I figured I'd sing like most Catholic choirs. Oh, my <laughs> Okay, goodness. number four, Mighty Breath of God. So now, spirit is not in the title. But we know that spirit and breath mean the same thing. It's talking about blowing, the mighty breath of God blowing into our lives, blowing into our souls, cleaning us out. And then it's just like, yes, God, you're awesome. Great song. Number trace. Uh, see, I'm using Spanish. Uh, it's very impressive. You didn't do that. Uh, number three is Fall Afresh. This is a song introduced to me by our friend Becca and I believe yourself. So I started doing this song, Awaken My Soul, Come Awake, Spirit of the Living God, Come Fall Afresh on Me, Come Wake Me from My Sleep. I love that line so much because I feel like I fall asleep, not physically fall asleep, but like mentally and spiritually all the time. You just kind of check out, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. (laughs) 18 hours of my life. And then the song Fall Afresh comes on during the offertory or something and you're like, oh, we're up again. Yeah, so why'd you have to bring out the offertory? Everybody knows that that's my Catholic intermission where I might actually be sleeping. Moving right along. Number two is Holy Spirit. I mean, it, it couldn't be my number one. It couldn't be your number one because that's the cliche answer, right? But I mean, it's probably the it's the most popular Holy Spirit song that's it's come a out. Good right? one. It's Brian a good one. Uh, Brian and Katie Torwalt. And then number one, Come Holy Spirit. Fall afresh. It's one of the most simple. It's called Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. And it's it's very s- simple. I think it's like eight lines long. It's just so prayerful and meditative. I love it to death. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put out a poll on on the Twitter, on the Twitter, and maybe on Facebook. I don't know if they have that on Facebook. They probably do at I'm, this point. I'm on Twitter so much more. Um, I'm gonna put out a poll. And I'm going to let you guys vote this week. Whose list was better? Was it my list or Josh's list? And I know how some of you are going to vote. I I know I'm going to lose this. Even if people think my list is better, they're going to vote against me. I know exactly how this is going to go. So, Josh, I want to congratulate you a week early on your victory in having the better list. Thank you. And I wouldn't be angry about it, except for the fact that you included a song that you don't know. But it was a good song. It, it was a good it song. It was a good song. You yeah. and I are going to have to listen to it later yeah. because we've never listened to it before. <laughs> so. No, but I did like the songs that you picked. Um, and most of the reason that I didn't pick the ones that you picked is because I forgot about several of those songs. But I don't know that they would have been in my top five uh, regardless. I knew you liked uh, Blow Mighty Breath of God. That one is a good song. Um, and then uh, Fall Afresh is a good one as well. Um, again, I don't know if they would have been in my top five. 
Yeah, just like I enjoy yelling, like at the beginning of the show or most of my life, I also like yelling when I'm leading worship. I didn't start leading worship as a singer. I started just yelling, just like yelling at God and inviting people to do it with me. Like, not like bad things. I'm like saying praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm just like yelling it, you know? That's that's essentially what Mighty Breath of God is. You just get to yell, blow, Mighty Breath of God. There's actually a, a Hebrew word for praise in the Old Testament. I'm going to have to figure out what it is for you, but it's it's about like that. It's yelling to God, like yelling praise to God. I'm glad you came prepared for the show that you weren't asked to prepare for. <laughs> All right. So to, uh, to the rest, in the second segment, we're going to talk, uh, not second segment, second segment, we're talking to Matt Nelson about his book. Um, but in the third segment, we are going to pick right up where we left off. Oh, good. Some of you are like, this went nowhere. I promise it's going somewhere. There's a method to my madness. Or, or maybe there isn't. But in the final segment, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. What is the forgotten God? What, how can you even say that about the Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to figure it out. So, Josh, what are you doing? Are you going to stick around? Are you leaving? I can stick around. I have I have nothing that I am doing this after this evening. Well, but, yeah, this evening. It's definitely past see, afternoon. See. Two things. One, you're just like stuck here. I think I'm giving you a ride home after I record all of the show and do all of the editing. Uh, second of all, apparently my you coming on the show didn't work because you should have a date tonight. <laughs> you see, you're just wide <laughs> wide open, to available, oh my goodness. and I guess should not, yeah. should have a date. So, um, thanks, Sam, for not showing up and making this um, editing very difficult for me. I, I want to just give a, a special shout out to you, Sam. Josh, thanks for coming and hanging out. We'll be back with you in the third segment. to Forte Catholic. It is your host, Taylor Stroll, swinging back in from the break. I got to talk to today's guest a little bit before we went on the air, and I learned some new information about him that I'm excited to share with you. He's got a great book we're going to talk about as well. It is Matt Nelson from Canada. Matt, how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, it's good to be on with you, Taylor. I'm... uh I'm happy to be here and, and happy to chat with you over the next few minutes. I like how you said happy to be here while you're safely in Canada and I'm in Texas. So you're happy yeah, to be a whole country away from me. I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, the technology almost makes you feel like you're transporting across the, across the continent sometimes. But uh, anyways, I'm with, I, I'm with you in voice anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So here's my first question. Because on your book, it says Matthew Nelson. Everywhere else, it says Matt Nelson. And in your email, you sign all of your emails just with the letter M. So, so what do we, what do we call you, man? What are we even, what are we even doing here? <laughs> you know what? Let's just go with Matt. I think that's probably the best way to go. All right. Matt Nelson. We got it. That's the, that was a safe bet. That's what I started with. So, uh, you are, <laughs> you are from Canada, which I did not know, you know, when I was, uh, preparing for the, Preparing for the interview, which shows you how much show prep I did. So <laughs> I've just been in a, I was telling you about this a little bit. I've been in a, a fake Twitter beef beef with some of my uh, Canadian Catholic friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Two in Canada from the from the Catholic Coaster podcast who I absolutely love. And all, all we do is make fun of each other for the whole Canada-America thing. And then another friend up in Alaska, which I call fake America. I just want to give Alaska to you guys. 
or uh, or uh, whatever you say for y'all. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so, how is it living in Canada? Is it? Uh, are you living in an igloo? What's going on? I am not living in an igloo at this time of the year. Um, it's it's summertime here, so we've got beautiful uh, temperatures. The sun's shining. A little bit windy the last few days, but uh, no, the igloo thing is kind of a thing of the past, as far as I know. But we do take time usually every year once the snow falls to build an igloo, at least for our kids. So uh, we had a pretty pretty good one going this this winter. But no, I live in a house. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm glad yeah. you're you're still living up to the stereotype by making an igloo for your children. Uh, we we <laughs> we try to live up to as many Texan and American stereotypes as we possibly can. People don't believe me when I I don't drive a ride a horse to work. But there are people in my neighborhood that literally ride horses around our neighborhood, so that's just phenomenal. <laughs> I can just I can just picture you sitting there with a gun in your holster too. No, ab- absolutely, it's Texas. You have to own a gun. <laughs> so it, it's exactly. actually a requirement of our law. You get fined if you don't own one. Okay. I'm just I'm just kidding. That's not how this works. But most people do have one. So uh, I learned that you were from Canada. I also learned that you are friends with this year's winner of the Ministry Madness Bracket. You are working with Jared Zimmerer over at Word on Fire. You just started that pretty recently, didn't you? That's right, yeah. Just a few months ago, I uh, I took a, a long-term contract with Word on Fire to work with Jared in the Office of Mission and Outreach. Um, so, yeah, we're working together on some big projects to come out over the next uh, year or so, and, and that's been a lot of fun. And um, I've never worked with somebody so intimidating and scary as Jared, but I will let you know that even though he's pretty deadly in the ring, uh, he's one of the nicest guys I know. So um, I'm, I, I'm privileged to work with him every day. I noticed that uh, since you are intimidated by him, you are also excited to be where you are since you live in Canada and he lives here in Texas. you got that distance between the both of us for everyone's safety. <laughs> so, um, yeah, exactly. We want to talk about something that you absolutely care about, your new book, which is a, a book that you care about and wrote about about things that people don't care about. Okay, let's explain. So you wrote this book called Just Whatever, How to Help the Spiritually Indifferent Find Beliefs That Really Matter. You wrote this with Catholic Answers Press. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw the book and I was like, okay, this might actually be one of the biggest issues that we deal with in our society today. Why don't you just explain the premise of the book for us? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I was writing this book as somebody who's kind of experienced it from, from uh, either side of the fence, as it were. Um, you know, I grew up in a good Catholic family and, and eventually went off to university. And during my time at university, I fell away from the faith and became one of those spiritual uh, but not religious uh, folks. And so uh, once I was, you know, once I went through that for a few years and kind of um, jumped on the skeptical bandwagon for a while, I, I came back around and I was and essentially rediscovered the Catholic Church. Um, and so it was kind of on my mind over the years following that reversion where I got, started to think, like, what can I do uh, to help evangelize the this, this spiritual but not religious? Especially because that was an area that I had inside knowledge about. And so I decided to uh, to do this book. I, I, I initially pitched it as a sort of booklet to Catholic Answers Press, and it was supposed to just be kind of a you know about a quarter of the length that it ended up. Um, but over time, as I started to ponder the, the issue of religious indifference, I realized that there, I could easily write a full-length full book about it, especially because religious indifference tends to occur in different forms and to varying degrees. 
so I just needed, I needed that extra space to really dive into all, you know, the different approaches that we can take uh, towards evangelizing uh, the spiritually indifferent. So a few follow-up comments and then a question. Uh, first, I, I I almost busted out laughing. I was glad I was muted whenever whenever you said the word university because we were talking about our our my other Canadian friends and this is one of the things that we argue about. I, I was telling them that when I was in college and I kept talking about in being in college and they looked down upon me because college is below university in in a big way up in Canada. So I laughed when you were saying that because they, I was like, no, like I went to a university, but we call it college. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. And sometimes I just want to like, that's the thing is I, you guys talk about college, like, you know, everybody goes to college in the States, whereas here in Canada, college is, is not, it's kind of where you go if you're getting a diploma or going into a shorter program. It's, it's not really, it's not on the same par as university um, usually, but I'm um, not to say that some of the smartest people I know have went to colleges in Canada. So it doesn't necessarily um, mean anything degrading about those that choose college over university. But I just want to mention this. If you're talking with the uh, Coaster Catholics, you're probably talking with Lance Rosen, I bet. I am. Yeah, well, Lance, I was in Lance's wedding party actually. Him and oh, I were my, good buddies, oh my! Oh so. my goodness! This is ridiculous. This was yeah. this was planted by him, wasn't it? He just he just booked. He just wanted to book. He's the one behind booking you for the show, just so that you can have another Canadian poking at me. That's probably what this is, right? You can admit it now. Yeah, we have a we have a big conspiracy here, so I guess the secrets out. <laughs> well, me and Jared Zimmer will take you on, all of you on, at any time if you'd like to. <laughs> Oh man, we we got we got uh, our work cut out for us. <laughs> Jared would love that. Um, the other thing that I thought was funny that you, st- you you were sharing about how you wanted to start off as a booklet, and they they wanted you to make it four times as long. I was like, if that's not the Catholic Church, I don't know what is. It's like, hey, we, I want to do this nice nice thing, and they're like, that's great. Work four times as hard. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. But well, it was it was. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was one of those things where you know could have easily been i think a really good little booklet to hand out to people to deal with this issue because it's such a widespread issue but you know as as i pondered on on the problem more and spoke about it with my editor todd aguiloro catholic answers press the more we were just convicted that we should we should turn this into a full full-length book so and i'm glad we did yeah, that's great, and I'm I'm sure it's getting a lot more pub and and uh, yeah, I've I've seen you all over the place on other podcasts and on on the internet and stuff. It's just kind of blowing up, and I'm happy for you, hoping it's selling well. Um, so you, I think you actually might have already started answering this question because you talked about your story of your um you know being falling into spiritual, not religious, and then having your reversion. Oh. So <clears throat> I'm guessing there's some, there's that personal connection as part of this answer. But uh, what made you specifically want to write this book? Why was it such a big deal to you? Why was this the message that you needed to get out? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, like all the circles that I was really involved in over those first few years of my young adulthood um, were kind of like me in the terms of like they're either full-blown skeptics or they just were kind of like, Meh, when it came to, you know, life's big questions. But one of the things that happens is when you come to rediscover the faith and you realize that the Catholic Church's answers to life's biggest questions are the best answers to them, especially as you start, like, for me, I had to really investigate this. When I, when I you know, came 
around emotionally and sort of had this interior conversion. I had like a good two years of just getting my questions answered before I could say I was fully intellectually converted. And I just like started to realize like it is a real problem that people don't know these things. And so, yeah, I just knew a lot of people in my personal life that would, you know, that needed to read this book. And I, and the more I encountered other people as I was speaking and, you know, just kind of talking to people about this wherever I would go, I realized that uh, this is a book that needed to be written really badly. So, well, I'm glad I'm glad you did. But uh, there's this thing that you say at the beginning of the um, like the explanation of the book that it says that sharing the faith used to make some people mad because it challenged and clashed with their own beliefs, but today it makes people yawn because they don't have strong beliefs about anything. And I think that gets at the heart of indifference. So when you're sharing about these things, why is that so important today? You know, when we're not thinking about life's biggest questions, I like to argue we're walking absurdities. In other words, we forget what we are. As human persons, we're a body-spirit composite, which means that we have what nothing else in physical reality has, which, which is namely an intellect and a will, which means that we're only living according to our nature. We're only acting like what we are if we're thinking. And if we're not thinking about life's biggest questions, then we're living outside of the true context of reality, and we're just not exercising that uh, um, within us, which is distinctly human. And so that's one of the reasons why I think we have an issue is we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're kind of living in a time where we forget what we are. And, um, you know, that, that's one of the more philosophical reasons why I think this is important. But the other thing is, you know, as we become more convinced of our own autonomy or radical self-sufficiency, we start to rely on others less than than ever before. I mean, that's like that's like a characteristic of this culture is we hold so much power at our fingertips through smart technology. Um, consider just this age of relativism where we're told, you know, we can decide even what gender we want to be called. And not to mention just our, you know, what moral code do we want to follow? Well, whichever one works for you. We're given all this power and we start to become convinced, I think, that we don't need God because we've got all the power that God has anyways. And so that is a real danger. I mean, when we start to be convinced of our own self-sufficiency, that leads to, especially as people like that move into positions of power, we start to run into major societal issues from the top all the way down. In the book, you go in depth into all these types of indifference. Uh, you mentioned three specifically, and I want to give uh, go through e- e- each of them in a minute apiece. So, what's the first one? All right, so let's let's talk about the first one, which I call closed religious indifference. So, closed religious indifference uh, is something that we would expect to see in our friends who have sort of skeptical philosophies of life. So atheist, agnostic, maybe deist, or like the belief in an impersonal God, like a force rather than a father. Close, uh, closed religious indifferentists have uh, an extreme closed mindedness towards religion. In other words, they think all religions are equally pointless, um, absurd, and have no interest in having a serious conversation about religious beliefs. So that, in a nutshell, that's what I would say is closed religious indifference. Do you want me to jump right into open yeah. indifference? Yeah, go right into the next one. All right, so the next one, so this would be the second section of my book, is based off, or it's focused on apologetics for 
talking to open indifferentists. So instead of being extremely close-minded towards all religions, open indifferentists have an extreme open-mindedness towards religions, where all religions are, are all religions are seen as equally good and perhaps even equally true, all equal path to one God or one ultimate reality. The problem with this is that open indifferentists tend to see Jesus as just one among many great spiritual teachers or prophets or whatever label they happen to give him, but they reduce him from some, we reduce him to something less than God. And so, you know, G.K. Chesterton said an open mind is like an open mouth. It's meant to close down on something solid. And the problem with open indifferentists is they don't really close their mind down on any sort of ultimate truth. They just remain completely open to the point where they don't really have any sort of coherent life philosophy or way of seeing reality at all. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people like that, just like in some of the circles that I have run in. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously we've, we've all seen people who struggle with the first one. What's the final one? All right, and the final one is, is a indif- type of indifference that we find within Christianity itself. I wish I could say that we're, you know, immune as Christians to indifference, but unfortunately today we see something that I call denominational indifference uh, within Christianity. Denominational indifference is essentially that attitude that we find among Catholics and non-Catholics, where there's this belief is whole is held that doctrinal differences that exist among differing denominations does not matter. It's sort of that attitude like, well, let's just focus on what we agree on and forget about all the disagreements because the disagreements don't really matter. Ultimately, we all believe and worship one God, and that should be good enough. But that's not the attitude Jesus had. See, Jesus prayed for total church unity, especially in John chapter 17, his high priestly prayer uh, the night before he died. So Jesus' will is that we have complete unity within Christianity so that the world may believe that the Father sent Christ. And the problem is we don't have that. So in order for us to achieve uh, that goal of Christ, which is to have church unity, we need to seek in love truth together. But this denominational indifference sort of closes down um, one's attitude towards that sort of ecumenical work. All three of these are things that people, as you said, you just need to sink their teeth into. Something that we all need to think about. We all know people that struggle with some of these. Some of us might even struggle with the third one, especially, or even pieces of our life in the first and second one. So Mm -hmm. uh, I want people to go check out the book on shop.catholic.com. It's Just Whatever by Matt Nelson. If if nothing else, buy it for the cover. The cover is phenomenal. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what's on it so that you have to go and seek it out yourself. Go find it. It is phenomenal looking. So uh, you also are the author at Reasonable Catholic. Uh, I want people to go check it out. What can they find there? Yes, you can go to reasonablecatholic.com, which is my blog. Um, It's been up and running for a few years now, and that's where every piece I write that gets posted at Catholic Answers or Strange Notions or Word on Fire, wherever I'm contributing regular articles, um, everything gets eventually posted there. Um, And I usually will write some exclusive articles just for reasonablecatholic.com, but you're going to find articles on namely or specifically apologetics and evangelization for a modern culture. Well, that's great. Matt, thanks so much for coming on today. I do have to mention one final thing. I'm glad we got you on through the miracle 
of working through some struggles that you had with the Canadian healthcare system. I had to throw one last Canadian jab at yeah. you. <laughs> you and your wife are expecting. We're happy for you. Blessings, man, and thanks for coming on. Right. Thanks so much, Taylor. God bless, man. Hey, I just wanted to stop and take a moment to tell you to go visit the website for all your Forte Catholic needs, F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com. You can find old podcast episodes. You can find info on my music, on my speaking. You can find booking information. If you want me to come out to your parish or to ask an event or school, I would love to go check it out, F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Catholic. This is my song for Josh, who's sitting here in the studio with me as we talk about the Holy Spirit that's not just a bird, but the third person of the Trinity. That's definitely worse than all the Holy Spirit songs we talked about in the first <laughs> segment. So Joshua Calhoun is here. He joined in. If you're just tuning in, uh, we met each other. Uh, we saw each other in the bathroom down the hall, and I was like, Josh, you want to come do a radio show with me? Because I'm all alone because producer Sam left me, and you said... Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. So I promised in the first segment when Josh and I ranked our top five Holy Spirit-inspired songs, Holy Spirit songs about the Holy Spirit, at our staff retreat a couple weeks ago. I gave a talk on life. I was asked to give this talk on life in the spirit. What is life actually living with the Holy Spirit in control and inspiring you? What does that actually look like? And I talked for like an hour and 20 minutes. So I'm going to give you the 17 minute and 45 second version. How's that? So Joshua, you've heard of this Holy Spirit, haven't you? I absolutely have heard of this Holy Spirit. Okay. What are what are some of the names of the Holy Spirit that you can name off in 10 seconds? Go. Uh, spirit, ghost, Holy Ghost, uh, uh, fire of God, uh, love, um, breath of God, um, water. Okay. Next 10 seconds for symbols of the Holy Spirit, which you kind of already started. I kind of started, yeah. Fire, water. Fire, water, earth, love. Uh, earth, wind, fire, and air. <laughs> That's essentially what I was kind of thinking Captain Planet whenever you... <laughs> Captain Planet, he's the man for you. I think your 10 seconds are up. I think so, too. You didn't say the one that I wanted you to say. Oil is one of them. Okay, uh, sure. Oil sorry, is one water. What's, what's the main one? The main oh, a dove? One? Yes, a okay. dove. Okay. <laughs> sorry. You said all Try of them. Try not to be cliche. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, you definitely just forgot. That was I was listening to another <laughs> radio show earlier today, and uh, they were playing a game like where it was two people, one of them left. It's like, name all the people, name characters of the in the New Testament, you had 30 seconds to answer. Mm-hmm. So one of them listened, one of them left the room, and then they came back in. <laughs> the priest didn't mention Jesus. <laughs> it's like, Peter, Paul, Andrew, Barnabas, Judas didn't I mention Jesus. I definitely would have forgotten to mention Jesus as well, yeah. <laughs> so you also forgot the spirit. Um, do, you, do you happen to know the symbol or the moniker of the other person of the Trinity? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's father <laughs> i'm really bad with time tests i'm just gonna say that now that's i noticed that uh, 17 of the the names that you listed for the holy spirit were um 
know. I don't know. So uh, the Holy Spirit, it's one of the, it's really interesting because a lot of people picture the Holy Spirit as a as a dove, as a bird. Right. And it, that comes from the scripture. It's like the Holy Spirit is descended upon Jesus like a dove. It doesn't say it looked like a dove. Just that like descended like, you know, doves descend onto, I don't know, worms that are about to be dinner. I don't know. I don't know what they're descending on. <laughs> uh, Old men's shoulders <clears throat> feeding them bread or something. I'm very confused by what you just said. <laughs> 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 Moving right along. I hope someone out there. Uh, that's pigeons. That. Pigeons. I was thinking of pigeons. Oh, I thought the Holy Spirit was descending upon old men. And I was like, well, the apostles weren't that old and like. John the Baptist was there. He was old. He wasn't that old. I was so very confused by what you're talking about. Now I understand. You were just talking about pigeons for some odd reason. But a lot of people struggle to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with God the Father, God the big guy upstairs. And then we can relate to Jesus because of the whole humanity thing, like fully God, fully human. But he came down and lived on earth, walked around like struggled with some of the same things that we, you know, was tempted in all, all ways that we are, but just didn't sin, right? Right. Uh, so he's human. That's relatable. Now, I mean, he died and came back to life again. I can't relate with that. But then again, I'm not the 100% God. I'm only 43% God. Uh, something about God being water and my body being a lot of water. Okay. So here's the next question. I won't time this one for you because you really struggled. Praise. Uh Oh, let's get to my point. I didn't make my point. I just started making stupid jokes. It's really hard to have a relationship with a bird. Like, I I don't, I've never had a relationship with the bird. The closest I got, I believe you were there. It was after our staff retreat last year. We went to the Hullabaloo Diner. You were there. Let's see if you remember the story. There was a parrot or parakeet or something, some kind of bird in a cage outside. And I would go, I would, I walked up to the bird and I started befriending this bird, which, I mean, he and I have around the same IQ. So we were, we had a lot in common. <laughs> so I'm looking at this bird and, and he, 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 there's like 12 of us standing around this cage. And for some reason he gets fixated on me. I don't know why. Maybe it's my funny face. I, I don't know why the bird tend, tended to like me, but I started noticing that he was mimicking me. So I would tilt my head a little to the right. He'd tilt his a little to the left, his left, you know, like going the same direction I was. Then I'd go the other way and he'd do it. And then I started to see like, how far will this bird go? So I started like turning my head to where I was like, as far, like turning my whole body in my head to see how far I could go all the way to the right. He would, the bird would do it too. And I'm like, that's the closest I've ever gotten to a relationship with a bird. But I, I wouldn't, I, I've never like had a conversation with a bird. I've never uh, hung out with a bird. It's really hard to have a conversa- the conversation and relationship with a bird, which is one of the reasons that I think it's hard for people to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to the extent that they do with Jesus or God the Father is because we see it as a bird or as fire as water. Also never had a relationship with a fire or a body of water. It's, it's very difficult to do. So some of these, some of these symbols sh- are good things that share with us what the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, but... The Holy Spirit is a person. We say the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I can have a relationship with a person. So Joshua, next pop quiz that's not timed. All right. I mean, we have 10 minutes left in the segment. Other than that, it's not timed. (laughs) Um, um, um. What does the Holy Spirit do? What are the actions that the Holy Spirit does? The actions that the Holy Spirit does. Um, So I know that we cannot come to know God except through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that moves in us to know God, to have a relationship with God. Um, 
And I've always, a way that I like to distinguish between the the workings of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in our lives is that God the Father um, watches over us very much like a father does. Um, Jesus, God the Son, walked with us and walks with us, um, and God the Holy Spirit works within us. So he moves in us to bring us into deeper relationship with God. That's just, it's like you've read that fancy book called the Catechism, because I have pulled up the Catechism notes. That's pretty darn close to what they're talking about. You are so smart and a better Catholic than me, but that's not much of a compliment. So the Catechism also says, uh, I love this line, Catechism 1127. This might be the first, maybe second time I've ever used the Catechism on this Catholic radio show. Hashtag episode 87. Becca would be ashamed of you. Yeah, I'm fine with that. As fire transforms itself, I'm sorry, as fire transforms into itself everything it touches. What? You're laughing at me because fire's transforming? What What are you thinking about? I was laughing at your misspeak. It was as fire turns into itself or something like that. It was just funny. Whatever. I'll edit it out later. I'm, I'm going to edit out all of you. You actually won't be on the show tonight. It's <laughs> fine. Your show's going to be really short. <laughs> it'll be really short. And I'll just be like, now, Josh, what do you think? And then it'll just be me <laughs> replying. Same it's like listening to a phone, the phone conversation. You only hear the side that you're on. Oh, my you know? goodness. Yeah. Okay, let's try this again. Uh, now the third time the catechism's ever been referenced. As try, I, I hate this. The show's over. <laughs> as fire transforms into itself everything it touches, so the Holy Spirit transforms into the divine life whatever is subjected to its power. So the Holy Spirit mm. comes in like a fire. It's going to transform us, right? right? So I keep teasing this idea of the forgotten God because a lot of us, I know I did, especially growing up. It wasn't really until college that I really started understanding what the Holy Spirit was, what the Holy Spirit can actually do, how the Holy Spirit had worked in my life already. But just by com- coming to this more, more uh, knowledge and awareness of what the Holy Spirit could do and, and has been doing in my life. So this idea of forgotten God comes from one of my favorite Protestants, Francis Chan. He's, he's a phenomenal preacher. Uh, this whole book is 100% in line with Catholicism, except for he has a note in it at the end to go watch a video on his on his website that talks about what saved, always saved. I was like, Francis, you were so close. <laughs> but the book's great. Check it out. Just get a Sharpie and just mark that out. <laughs> Don't go to the website. <laughs> so essentially, this is the premise of the book. If you were given the Bible on an island, Joshua Calhoun is being stranded on an island all you, you have everything you need to take care of yourself. You just can't get off the island. But the only thing you have to do is survive and read your Bible. If you were rescued after a year, two years, three years uh, from, this, from this island, which for you, you, I think you'd thrive out there. So I don't know if it'd be a rescue or a hostile takeover, <laughs> but you're brought back from this island. All you did was read the Bible. That's all you had to do for it entertainment, building up, using your mind, all, all these things, right? Have transformed into St. Francis. <laughs> or, or fire. Fire transforms. Okay. Um, if you were rescued and came back to church, you'd be so confused and frankly disappointed by the lack in, in that the Holy Spirit alive in the congregation, alive in the church. Mm. And, and it's this whole premise of if we actually read the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, now, like the the spirit of God, the breath of God is active throughout the entire Bible. Right in in the old like at the beginning, God the 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 spirit hovered over the waters, and then creation happened. Like 
the Spirit was there preparing even for creation. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we think Holy Spirit happened at Pentecost or happened at like the baptism of the Lord or the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and and that's how she um, became pregnant with the Jesus, you know? Um, (laughs) So, but the Holy Spirit's been, been alive and at work since the beginning of, of time, even before like time actually started. Right, right. Um, the book of Acts, which we, re- we just finished reading in the, in the Easter season, we see what the Holy Spirit does. Everything that the apostles did was, was by the power, the power of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit, right? And, and, and there's this, <clears throat> I thought about this during the Easter season this year because we were reading in Acts um, and how the apostles are in the upper room. They're in the upper room a couple of times. They're in the upper room on Holy Thursday, eating, <laughs> hanging out, becoming, becoming the first priest. You know, all that, you know, seeing the Eucharist for the first time, all, the, all these great things, right? Um, and then they're there again when Jesus appears to them, except for Thomas because he missed the party. <laughs> he shows up again. Thomas is there. Like, they're in this upper room. And here's the crazy thing. I always thought, I just always assumed just how we hear the stories, mm-hmm. that it was Jesus showed up and then they were like on fire in their faith and they were ready to go out. But we see Jesus come the first time. Where are they a week later when Thomas is there? They're still in the upper room scared. Yeah, They're still there even after he leaves. It's not until Pentecost. The apostles didn't stop being afraid of the Jews, being afraid of death until after receiving the Holy Spirit in full at Pentecost. Right. Even when Jesus breathes on them, the fullness of the Holy Spirit that came at Pentecost, they were still afraid. They were still stuck up in that in that room. And I feel like a lot of us get stuck there because at, we receive the Holy Spirit at baptism. We receive the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit at confirmation. Like Jesus breathed on them, <laughs> made them priests, right? Made them the first bishops. And there was still something more. At Pentecost. Mm. And then we see what happens at Pentecost, and it completely transforms their life. It takes Peter, who could barely say sentences and was called Satan by Jesus, and he preaches, the the guy who could barely put sentences together, and he preaches and 5,000 people want to be converted. Like, tell me how many great preachers have done that. Not many, right? Um, But I think a lot of us get stuck there. And if we actually looked at the scriptures and took them for what they're worth, if we did like what Francis Chan is talking about and actually re-looked at the scriptures, you don't have to move to an island to read the Bible, right? But re-looking at it and seeing, just just read the book of Acts. It's, I think it's like 30 chapters. It's right around a month's worth. I forget how many it is because I'm a good Catholic biblical mm-hmm. scholar. But it's right around a month. If you read one chapter a day, mm-hmm. you'll finish it in right around a month. Read that. See the power of the Holy Spirit, how everything is led by the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit comes through and through these apostles, heals people, raises people from the dead, and and we're sitting here and the Holy Spirit isn't as big of a part of our lives. So it was a challenge for me when I read the book. It was a challenge for me for me again when I'm when I'm I was preparing for the session that I led a couple of weeks ago. And here's how I thought about it. Because we all love superheroes. Who's your favorite superhero, Joshua? Uh, one of my favorite superheroes for sure is Spider-Man, which I know also happens to be Sam's favorite superhero. So I think that's it is. Funny. It's like she's not gone, except I have a lot more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's how I was thinking about about <clears throat> superheroes and how this is kind of how a lot of us in the church see the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's like Tony Stark, just Tony Stark, not Iron Man, just Tony Stark 
What is he when he's not Iron Man? There's a specific quote, if you can think of it, from I'm the movie. I'm trying to think of what it is. He says something about being a playboy and a philanthropist, something yeah. like that. Well, somebody asked him. Billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> there you go. That's there you go. That's exactly what he says. And it's like, what are you without the suit? It's that. Yeah. He's an amazing man without the suit. But when he puts the suit on, he's one of Earth, Earth's mightiest heroes. He's an Avenger. He can shoot, shoot stuff out of his hands, and he can fly, and he can defeat all the bad people. Right. Right? It would like me being... It would like me being friends with your guy, Peter Parker, right? Right. It's like, oh, yeah, Peter Parker. He's got some quick reflexes. He's good in school. And uh, and that's it. <laughs> when Peter Parker is actually a superhuman named Spider-Man who can fly off buildings and as a teenager defeat grown men who are bad people. <laughs> and then we've got uh, <clears throat> Chris Hemsworth. Beautiful man. <laughs> Very good looking fella. But uh, it's like you with long hair. Oh, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> he he's very pretty. That's so nice. I think we could stop the show again. That's very nice of you to say. But with Chris Hemsworth, when he is in these movies, he is Thor, the god of thunder. Right. I know it's a Catholic radio show. I don't believe in other gods, but stick stick with me. Right. The god of thunder, where he can just completely power through everybody, call down lightning to defeat his enemies. And I think that's what we do a lot with the Holy Spirit. We think the Holy Spirit is cool and awesome, like Chris Hemsworth, like Peter Parker, like Tony Stark. But there's more. There's so much more. There's the Iron Man. There's the Spider-Man. There's the God of Thunder. And even more important, the God that we all love and know in the Holy Spirit. Mm. So there is so much more in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you with this quote. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. So my challenge for you this week is to seek out the good things, seek out the great things, seek out the big things in the Holy Spirit. Read that book of Acts and tell me something won't change. This has been Forte Catholic. Another great show. I made it without Sam. Say it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I hope that you enjoyed it. For all things Forte Catholic, to listen to previous shows, head on over to fortecatholic.com. Let me know what you think. Follow us on social media at Taylor Schroll on Twitter and Instagram and Forte Catholic on Facebook. Peace.